Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. And good afternoon, it is Steve Zaki along with... Jeff Orlowski, the Polish Pipe Bomb. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. And how are you doing today, Jeffrey? Oh, fantastic, Steve. How are you, buddy? I am. You know what? I am doing very, very well. It is The weather is fantastic. And, I mean, uh, I guess it's uh, indigenous people's summer right now, isn't it? Yeah, the uh, yeah, it is perfect outside. <laughs> the only bad thing is that now I'm being forced to Thompson water seal my kids' uh, playset in the backyard, and uh, to get to the top corners of the roof of that thing, I am on this extension ladder, way too uncomfortably high in the air. Well, make sure you uh, have your wife film it. So when you fall off and have a debilitating injury, you can at least sell the footage to like some TV show to offset the costs. Yeah, that's a good idea because I'm sure it's going to happen. It uh, it's scary up there. (laughs) I can't picture my father doing that because all I had was a little aluminum swing set (laughs) that he got used from a guy at the foundry. And we had it for about, I I, I, put, I I used it for about a month. And then two years later, it was taken and probably scrapped somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, I guess, get... I, I guess my question is, do the kids actually use it, though? Yeah, a little bit still. So hopefully this is the last year I have to do it. Uh, but, yeah, they still use it a little bit. And, uh you know, as long as it's being used, I I can live or, you know, more likely this afternoon die with it. But, uh, you know, it uh, if they stop, as soon as they stop using it, there is no way in hell I'm getting up there on that ladder again. So it's like one of these, is it like a little mini tree house with a, with a slide and then a, like a swing, swing set on one side type deal? Yeah, yeah swing set on one side. It's got the NASCAR uh, tire swing uh underneath in the middle a house on top and a slide <laughs> comes off of that but it's got this crazy a-pitched roof man that to get to those top corners is whoa make you see stars really? I, I, well, at I, I least me maybe to... i'm just maybe i'm just weak when it comes to that you know i'm not scared of heights or nothing but uh 
being that tall, trying to hold a paint can with a paintbrush, and being that high off the ground is not a comfortable feeling for uh, for the pipe bomb here. I think that's where you should broadcast the show is from the peak. <laughs> Sit up there with your feet swinging off the end of it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I could do that. I could do that. You know, until until uh, Matt DiBenedetto wins a race, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the roof. Get comfortable. <laughs> Get comfortable. He, uh, yeah, Talladega, Steve. Yeah, ta- uh, Talladega. To oh, there, there is. Okay, so y- you know me. I'm I'm Mister. I'm the motorsports guy at Sports Radio 1250 AM, uh, but. I'm also I I I I I'm a, I I have two lovers. It's it's not only auto racing, but it is pro football. So needless to say, Sundays in October and September, October, and into November, it gets it gets a little hectic in the Zotki household when it comes to television, even with two with two monitors and everything. So I'm switching back and forth between football games, and then you know because we know Talladega can be a bit like a road course race in NASCAR, which the ending can get a little extended. So me, in my wisdom, thinking, well, I'll want, I'm going to, there's some football stuff going on here where there's some games ending and whatnot. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to flip over and I'm going to pause the NASCAR race and then I'm going to watch it, you know, and then I'll just fast forward through when they wreck the first time and then I'll watch the race. And then when they wreck the second time and red flag it, I'll I'll pause you know I'll fast forward it and you know I'm I'm getting the most I can you know I'm, it's the old adage I'm trying to get three hours of viewing in like an hour and a half right. so I'm I'm the smart guy you know th- you know so notice to my horror when I go wait did they just switch to the news <laughs> <laughs> yep and 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 I, you know I'm about to you know freak out and I'm gonna call Channel Four this and that and blah blah and uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go text Lancel and tell him what the heck's going on this and that but you know I'm like I I get this new adage where I I you know just just take a deep breath now if I do this is it gonna make my life better or worse so I thought let's just hold off a second let's just find out what happened. And that's when I when I did a little research, I found out it was not a Channel Four WTMJ local decision. It was a, a a nationwide national broadcast decision to switch over because they went on the overtime. So my question to you, Polish pipe bomb, what, shouldn't NASCAR been a little more advantageous in trying to get the stupid race in within their broadcast time? Well, of course they should, and that race was absolutely pathetic. That is not the display that you want when you're midway through the playoffs, and this is what you consider to be the top echelon of racing, and a lot of it has to do with Talladega and how they run on the super speedways and all that stuff and the packs and all that kind of crap, but when a race takes four hours has two red flags uh two tv channels that it's on three green uh white checkered finish uh overtime finishes it is a horrible horrible look the last you know hour of the race was just a one demolition derby after another uh, you know, penalties getting handed down left and right, and the, the guy that they should have penalized, they let win the race. Uh, for a race that had a finish uh, where Hamlin won by like 13 thousandths of a second, it sucked. I hated it, and um, I, I feel like it just got over uh, about 15 minutes ago. I, I thought it was absolutely awful and just a bad look for NASCAR in general. You know, it, 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 it's frustrating because, you know, as, you know, you're, you, we, okay. Uh, I, I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. has, has seamlessly kind of put himself in position as the um, arbiter, whatever you want to call him, of common sense. 
you know, what does Dale say? And if you listen to what Dale Earnhardt Jr. said, you know, he's like, why don't we just get rid of the yellow line rule? He says, I'm quoting him here. He says, nobody wants to see the races come down to these types of decisions. I don't think it's going to crash more cars. I don't think it's going to crash more cars than we did today. Uh, it's kind of frustrating to have them make those decisions. I know NASCAR doesn't want to be put in this position, so let's just get rid of them from here on out. Makes sense to me. Um, you know, the uh, the reasoning that I've heard a hundred times on why you can't do that is because there's so much real estate on that track that if the guys can sit there and line up 13 wide going into turn three, they're going to. And so be it. And, you know, if you sit there and have the big one on lap one, uh, you know, the guys will learn. And you can't win a race unless your car is running at the end. So I think that's a a kind of a cop-out excuse. It's just, you know, when you have, and maybe it's because, you know, Matt D and I root for him. You know, I think he's a great story, a phenomenal guy. The passion for racing that he has is great. And everybody uh, would like to see him in victory lane. So, you know, maybe the fact that it was him, uh, getting penalized, you know, gave me such a sour taste. But when you see when Denny Hamlin drove below the yellow, how many cars Denny Hamlin passed underneath the yellow line? I think he was in fifth place when he first went below the yellow line and he comes up and he's in first. And I know it's Talladega and that happens in the blink of an eye, but it was horse crap. And uh, I just I, I thought it was an awful call. And, you know, the the rule states that if you sit there and go, if you're forced below the yellow line, that's fine. And you won't be penalized, but you can't gain positions. And you cannot say that Denny Hamlin did not gain positions underneath the line. Well, and, and what they're going to say is, is, you know, why are they? You know, the, the the officials are saying that, well, the, the two cars that looked like they were going to crash and he was taking necessary action to avoid the crash. I, I can see both sides of that. But th- here we go. It goes back to what Junior said. If we if we eliminate the yellow line, we're not having this decision. An- another point people have been bringing up is the 79 Daytona 500. You know, if there's a yellow line in that race, the debate is not going to be what a wild finish with with Donnie Allison, Bobby Allison, and 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 Kelly Yarbrough. They're going to be discussing who went under the yellow line. Right. Yeah, it, uh, it it's a mess, and I I definitely agree that it's time to get rid of the rule. We've talked about this for years, and well, we're and, both and, in. Yeah, and here's the question: Why did they? Why Jeff? Why do they have the yellow line? Uh, quote unquote for safety right as it made it as it as it made it any safer safer or or worse or in between or or just cause controversy it's made it worse you know yeah. uh you don't let the guys spread out so it's very tight quarter pack racing and you see the carnage every single race you see what happened. I know it was at Daytona and not Talladega, but you saw what happened to Ryan Newman when we all thought that he was going to sit there and die on the track when they put the screens out and stuff. It just, you know, you can't sit there and come up with this arbitrary rule, call it for safety, and then not give two craps about safety for any portion of the rest of the race. If they cared about safety, they wouldn't be trying to have 25 out of the 37 or 38 cars that entered crash their way out. Yeah, it, it, it it's certainly frustrating. And, you know, lost in this, of course, Denny Hamlin winning. Of course, Eric Jones finishing second. Ty Dillon finishing third. Nobody talks about that. Of course, William Byron was 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 caught up in the, in the, with the scuffle. Chase Elliott, who led the most laps at 41. Uh, but good runs from John Hunter Nemechek, Brennan Poole, Ryan Priest, basically. 
and Justin Haley uh, getting a top 12. So, you know, and that, that, the, the, those, the, those finishes are kind of lost in the mix, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they are. And, you know, when you have a top 10 and only two drivers are in the playoffs and you have all those typical back markers having fantastic finishes and it's obviously one of the four races a year where they get a chance to compete with the big boys uh you it should be celebrated and it's not celebrated and the only thing that was talked about after the race was all the controversy and that's a shame yeah it certainly is and you know it's if you move into where the um the playoff guys i mean it really a lot of these guys took took it in the chin uh regarding the guys who are trying to get a playoff spot most importantly of course clint boyer and you know we, you know you, you and i like clint boyer and of course we'll talk about the news coming up with him in, in, in the coming segment here but uh you know we didn't know what he was you know one part of the race, he's running in the front, now he's running in the back, now he's back up front, and it didn't work out. It just didn't work out for him, did it, last week? No, it didn't. And, no, you know, it it, it's weird when you watch that race because you've got your two champion lead, uh, championship leaders in Hamlin and Harvick, and they both spent 85% of the day in the back just riding around making laps and trying to avoid the carnage. Kevin Harvick made a move about five laps earlier than Hamlin to get to the front, and he got caught in the carnage. Denny Hamlin laid back about five more laps than Kevin. He ended up winning the race. So, you know, I I don't understand why in the playoffs, when your sport is supposed to be on the biggest stage, you sit there and think it's okay for 85% of your race to go by with your two championship leaders purposely hanging in the back to try to avoid the carnage. It just, it's, it's not to me a good, uh, it's not a good look because it doesn't sit there. These guys, you know, those guys weren't trying to lead every lap. They weren't trying to make all the moves to stay up front. You know, they were just riding around, logging laps, and and that's it's not a good look. It certainly it's a is strategy, not. obviously. I tell you that what, let's take off, a quick break. Denny Hamlin. Right. Well, yeah, it just keeps on winning, and it'll be interesting to see how this progresses for him because he's he's been having issues in the playoffs at, at last couple of years, but maybe, maybe the monkey's off his back. That remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see what happens coming up here, but yeah, he certainly got, I don't want to say a gift, but it puts him in a comfortable situation right now uh, coming up this, this weekend, of course, at the Roval. Uh, and uh, once again, uh, Jeff, I mean, thank you for uh, letting Daytona know not to start the race till after the show today. Once again, great job. Thanks for arranging that with them. So we got the Roval coming up this afternoon with the Xfinity Series. Uh, and then we got sports car racing tonight also on the Roval. We'll be talking to Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com uh, about that in the second hour. And then also uh, we'll be talking with Dennis Michelson. We're going to revisit the, a couple of the topics we just talked about in this segment in the next half of the hour number one here. But when uh, Jeff and I return, we're lots, lots of stuff happening in the world of NASA. NASCAR silly season is in full form, and there's still some questions to, that remain. So a lot of good stuff here coming up up next on the Final Inspection Show on 1250 AM The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure you get out there this weekend with the beautiful weather. No better way to spend an October afternoon than at the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And also, in looking for a new or certified used Honda, make sure you get out to David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. Uh, it, just a fantastic way 
no pressure shopping to take a look at that new Honda Accord or CRV, you name it, and they'll be more than happy to help you out. And uh, maybe you can't get out there this weekend, but you want to see what they have, make sure you check out davidhobbs.com for all their offerings that they have online. Joining me, of course, always, it is the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Orlowski. And, uh, I mean, lots of news in the world of racing in general this week, but also in the world of NASCAR. And I guess the one, I guess maybe that people may notice the most, I think, uh, might be, and that's just because it, it's a, a, a pretty powerful frontline media spot, and that's Clint Boyer stepping out of the 14 at the end of the season, going to join the Fox Sports NASCAR booth, uh, basically being uh, DW, right? Uh, he'll be kind of the, I don't want to say the comic foil, but, I mean, we, we both love Clint Boyer and what he brings to the booth, but it, it should, be it should uh, I think, add a, a bit to that Fox booth, shouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. You got, you know, Mike Joy, who's you know, slow, steady, uh, old and boring, but, you know, he does a good job and, and calls, you know, just calls the race. You got Jeff Gordon, who, even though he talks about grip every seven seconds of every race, he uh, he brings some good insight, obviously, um, you know, Hall of Famer and all that kind of stuff. And now you'll have Clint Boyer, who, A, brings the personality the comedy, but he also brings a more recent driver point of view. You know, Jeff Gordon never raced on the Oval uh, or the Roval, you know, uh, but Clint has, you know. So there, uh, there's different things that, and that, that Clint can bring to the table. I think it's going to make the booth a lot better. Yeah, I certainly do. Um, what, unfortunately, what became of DW is that he becomes kind of a uh, stereotype of himself, if that makes sense, uh, and just becomes a character, kind of what his brother has become on on the truck broadcasts, uh, and it's it's just unfortunate. It's very frustrating for a lot of us. Uh, I mean, we we I mean, uh, obviously I'm I'm a little biased here, but you had somebody like David Hobbs who would bring a certain amount of comedy and wit to the broadcast, but he was also serious enough and would bring uh, in- interesting and informative points to the broadcast. Where as I, I think I think we're missing that with the we were missing that with the DW at towards the end, and we're definitely missing that with uh, uh, Michael Waltrip on the truck broadcast. So looking forward to Clint Boyer. Um, you know, I said, I think I said at this uh, a week or two ago, you know, there comes a point when a, in a driver's uh, career when he has to make a decision, uh, okay, I, if, if I can get a ride for one more year for X amount of money, but if I'm offered a media contract for three, five years, you know, that 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 is certainly more appealing at this point in his career than maybe just getting squeezing out another year in the Cup Series, so... Uh, I think he made the right decision. The other, um, the other big news was Matt. Uh, you know, uh, one of our favorites, Matt, Matt DiBenedetto, will remain in the 21 car for next year, uh, because we were wondering what was going to happen with Austin Sindrick. And I think this works out for Austin Sindrick. Uh, he's going to be running a partial series in the Cup Series with uh, with Penske. Uh, be interesting to see what number they run in that car. And then we'll probably take over the 21 car in 2022. Um, and I, I think this is a way to kind of, you know, dip your dip your toe into the water, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a good move for on all parts. Um, you know, for Austin, yes, I think, you know, is he ready to move up to the Cup Series? Probably. He doesn't really have anything... Uh, really to prove down in Xfinity, uh, the knock on him for a long time was that, you know, quote unquote, he couldn't win on ovals and he's Mm -hmm. proved that wrong. And, uh, him and Chase Briscoe have just completely dominated that series. So do I think he's ready, uh, to move up? Yes. Do I think he's ready to compete at the cup level right now? No. And so, like you said, a great opportunity for him to dip his foot in the water, get some races under his belt, get the guys used to driving around him. And, uh, and then he gets to move up next year. Obviously it's good for Matt Benedetto. Uh, 
you know, they kind of left him hanging out on a limb where he couldn't really accept another job somewhere else. And he had no idea if he was going to keep his job. So they, uh, they, you know, held the carrot out long, way too long for, uh, for Matty D. So I think it's a nice compromise. The only bad thing for Sendrick is he sees Ross Chastain move up to cup. He's going to see Chase Briscoe move up who I believe uh, I'm still only 80% sure, uh, but I think Chase Briscoe is going to be in Clint Boyer's car. My The 20% that has a reservation really, 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 really wants Kyle Larson in that car. But uh, I think it's going to be Briscoe. So, you know, he's run better than Chastain all season. Him and Briscoe, Briscoe's run better, but they're pretty much neck and neck this year. And he watches those two guys get promoted and he's basically stays the same. Yeah, uh, the Briscoe, it's interesting. Yeah, it looks like he would be, you know, especially with the Ford connection, uh, makes sense for him to be in the 14. You and I both, though, personally would love to have seen uh, Larson in the 14. But now it looks like uh, with all the synergy, all the clues that we're seeing, uh, it does look like he'll be in the 88 car next year. There's also some speculation that that 88 car could actually be a 57 next year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there with, um, and then if you talk about the, the letter that he wrote, uh, that, that was online, that's posted on the, uh, final inspection page on Facebook. You can read it there. Uh, he mentions some people and one of the people he, that he mentions is actually, uh, affiliated with the 88 car as a sponsor. So, um, I, I think they're getting all their ducks in a row. Uh, with with when they're going to make the Kyle Larson announcement, uh, if that's true, with him going to the 88, you're going to see some uh, a sponsor, especially one of them will be a minority-owned uh, sponsor. So it's going to be, uh, uh, I mean, it's going to be, they're doing this in a way that says, okay, this is a situation, he made a mistake, we're bringing him back. And we have uh, the support of, uh, you know, the African-American community with, with, with the, you know, with, with these people who are supporting them. So, and then we're also doing a diversity program, which, you know, and, and all this other stuff. And they're going to work this all together. So it'll be interesting to see how this works out. But NASCAR is, is I think, doing this in the right way. And they're doing it, stepping, you know, taking baby steps, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I do too. I think uh, some other big news that came out this week was uh, Justin Marks uh, starting a a race team, and he's going to sit there and be affiliated with RCR. Uh, He's going to run, they're going to run the number 99, and Daniel Suarez is going to be in that car. I think Daniel brings some money. I think Daniel, uh, he obviously has the Amigos, which is, you know, uh, his traveling group that, shows up uh, every race they can and and makes a ton of noise for them so i think that's a positive uh, development both for nascar itself because you're getting new owners in the uh into the pipeline but i think it's uh good for daniel suarez you know he uh, he had some opportunities at stewart haas and uh and what gibbs and um you know, I think both of those were just bad timing Why he was there. You know, uh, while he was there, they had guys that they had to bring up from uh, Xfinity to uh, to fill those rides. And then, he, you know, this season he's been in just awful equipment. So I think that uh, it's a, a step in the right direction for Daniel Suarez. And hopefully we get to see what kind of driver he is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, I think that's very, very important when you look at any sport. You know, who is is coming into the sport? Not not necessarily who's who's leaving, but who's coming in. And I think this is not just a NASCAR thing. It's not just an IndyCar thing, but this is a motorsports uh, uh, thing. And uh, you know, I've, we've been saying for years on this show, the the world of motorsports needs to kind of put is not circle the wagons but kind of you know work together and 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 help support each other because uh the world of motorsports is is under a is a big test not necessarily for environmental reasons this or that it's just the apathy of this younger generation when it comes to transportation and, and cars. yeah and i still say a big reason is because there's no brand loyalty anymore 
you know, you ask all my kids, my, my oldest is almost 14. You know, uh, if you would have asked me at 14 Ford or Chevy, you know, Hey man, I was a Chevy guy. And, uh, and all that and and you ask the kids nowadays ford or chevy and they look at you like you got four heads so yeah uh, i think uh, the loss of brand loyalty the way that the cars don't look like the cars that they see on uh on the road monday through friday stuff like that uh you know there's a lot of reasons why uh why it's hurting but um it's nice to see new people enter as owners you know it's sad that we see levine leaving and and guys who have been stalwarts uh, in NASCAR ownership, but it's nice to see new blood finally working its way in. You know, Jack Roush ain't getting any younger. Joe Gibbs ain't getting any younger. Uh, so you know, it, uh, it it's time time to get the uh, start thinking about uh, who the future uh, owners in, in this sport are going to be. Sounds good. Excellent stuff, Jeffrey. Certainly appreciate it. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Jeff and I will be talking with Dennis Michelson from DMIC Media and uh, talk more regarding the world of NASCAR coming up after this on the Final Inspection Show. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now. Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke along with the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Orlowski. Dennis, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're doing fantastic. And um, we texted in between... Uh, spots here and we have a chance for uh since you're our resident meteorologist uh we want we might get rain during the xfinity race it looks like yeah i have really good chances to get rain both today and tomorrow since this is the roval goodyear has brought the rain tires but here's the problem for cup tomorrow only two sets of rain tires per team so if it's a wet track right from the start, they're going to have to really be careful on how they uh, budget those tires because, uh, you know, two sets of wet for the whole race. Uh, you know, granted, when it's wet, the tires will not wear as bad as, you know, the slicks and the dry, but you're still going to get some wear, especially if it dries out for a little while where you're, you know, which is typical on a on an infield road course like that where, the bank areas might drain and dry a little bit quicker if you get a break in the rain, but the infield course might not. So you'll have areas outside the groove that'll be slightly wet. You might not be able to go to the dries right away. It's going to be really interesting um, to see what happens. And, you know, this is an elimination race. So uh, add another layer of craziness to the gimmick of the Roval. When you think about the Roval, Dennis, both for today and tomorrow, do you think that the uh, possibility and uh, most likelihood that they will be running in the wet, do you think that that, um, you know, favors uh, a few teams over another? Do you think it uh, it's going to let some of the mid-pack guys have a better shot to compete on a course that they might not have in the past? Yeah, it's, that's a great question, and you know, I think that it all has to do with how steady is the rain. Does it ever rain hard enough that NASCAR, you know, has to red flag and you know, or maybe just race to halfway? I mean, there's so many variables that could be built into the mix here. You know, we talk about places like Talladega being the wild card race. I think we've out wild carded the wild card when you add some rain to the Roval, but um, I'm not so sure if anybody really has that much of an advantage. Maybe, you know, what we've seen in the past with the Roval, and we have a very short history, you know, just a couple of races here. And what we've seen is that the road course, the best road course racers don't necessarily do the best on the Roval. Maybe that will change in the wet. Um, That's the only question I have is if, we do get into a situation where it's a wet track. Maybe it favors some of your good road course guys. Hey, how about Clint Boyer, you know, announcing his uh, pending retirement 
and then going out and winning a race because he's pretty good on the road courses sometimes. Yeah, that that'll be interesting to see, and it, especially when you know when you bring up the 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 status of having just having two sets of tires, you know, with with it 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 is kind of, it makes it very complicated having it on a roval just because you have the basically two types of, of, of tracks. Let's be honest with the banking, with the, like you said, could be could be dry, and then you, you can have spots, especially in that infield where it could be very wet, where the you know the the rain could pool up and, and cause issues. So. Uh, if, if NASCAR wants to race with a little bit of chaos, uh, there's certainly, uh, this is certainly a recipe for that, isn't it? Yeah, apparently the Rockford, uh, figure eight track was not available because they're <laughs> running the, the national short track championship. So they, they couldn't add, you know, figure eight, uh, trailer races to the chase. So rain at the Roval is the next best thing. And because you do have a situation though, where you have that part of the racetrack that's speedway, I'm wondering just how much rain you could tolerate. If it's a good, steady rain, I don't think they're racing. But I do think that having the available uh, availability of the wet tires there, you know, gives you a chance if you get a break. And, of course, Charlotte's got lights, so they can wait it out and race, you know, into the middle of the night if it takes to get this race in. But... Um, it's going to be interesting to see. It's not going to be an all-day rain, but there's going to be quite a bit in the way of showery uh, type of precipitation, and, of course, the threat of thunderstorms as well. And if we get lightning anywhere close, they'll, of course, shut down for that. So just add another layer of chaos to the playoffs. But, you know, the way NASCAR has been going, they couldn't get any national sports media attention at all for Talladega again last week. Mm -hmm. And so maybe uh, something crazy with cars spinning around in circles and almost looking like bumper cars or racing on ice, maybe that will get everybody uh, everybody's attention on the national sports media, and maybe they'll actually get to, to have some video shown for a change. We're talking with Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here on the Final Inspection Show, 1250 AM. Uh, Dennis, I, I think the figure-eight idea is phenomenal. Uh but, you know, NASCAR, they would just put uh, a couple double yellow lines here, a couple penalties there, uh, and it would just be a, uh, a total <laughs> poop show. But um, some of the news this week out of Hendrick Motorsports, uh, obviously, uh, you've got um, Bowman going uh, from the 88 to uh, uh, to the 20 or yeah, to the or to the 48. I'm sorry. And um, but I think. Chad Knaus leaving uh, as crew chief. Do you think that in his new role at Hendrick, I think he's VP of competition or something like that. Is he going to be able to affect uh, all the teams at Hendrick and kind of try to move them forward? We all see how they kind of struggled uh, with the exception of Chase Elliott finding speed for most of the season. Yeah, I think the big problem that you have with a brilliant mind like the like Chad Canales is the rule package is so tight. You know, guys like Ray Everham, guys like Jimmy Johnson or uh, Chad Canales with Jimmy Johnson, they dominated the sport for these periods of time because they were able to be innovators and find these little tricks, find these little pieces of speed that nobody else could find. Now, with everything so clamped down by NASCAR, the minute you find any little advantage, they take it away immediately. So I just I, I think it's a good move. This is turning more and more. I mean, we saw this with Cole Pern, you know, uh, last year stepping down because this is turning into a young man's sport. There's so many weeks on the road. There's so much of a demand and there's so much pressure. While you cannot innovate, you got to play within this really tight rule book. Um, I think for a lot of crew chiefs, it's just not fun anymore. I totally agree Good with point. that. I, yeah, I totally agree because you look back at and you you've seen this, you know, with, with, like you said with Pern and, and other and other driver, uh, driver, well, more I should say, crew members. But it seems like they have a 
uh, kind of a, a, a certain amount of years you can go on the road before you finally say, okay, I've had enough. And, and to be honest, as you get older, that road doesn't appeal too much. And someone who, who's, who's done a fair amount of traveling to races and that, you know, this year, maybe skipping a race here or there wasn't a bad deal. And, and you know, it, it, especially with family, you know, back in the day, you know, uh, you know, you, you, if you listen to the Cal Petty podcast or that, you know, he, he'd say, you know, especially with some of the races, well, and don't forget, let's NASCAR was a more regional sport back then too, but they would go to the races and they'd play in the infield all day. You know, nowadays everything is so structured with kids. Nowadays, there's soccer games, this game, this game. We got to go there. We got to do birthday parties. We got to do, uh, you know, graduation parties. Hey, the kid graduated from third grade. We got to have a party, this and that. And you know, the, these guys are missing all this stuff. That puts a lot of pressure on the family relationship. So, uh, you know, I, I can see how this happens. And you know, you make a certain amount of money and they want to keep you in the team. If, if the team, if you go to the, t- you know, the boss and say, hey, you know, I, I've, I've, I've done 12 years in the road. I, you know, I want to do something else. They want to keep the guy in-house. They're going to find a spot for him, especially if he's talented, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the case. And, you know, you mentioned money. I really do think that's part of the appeal. You know, these guys used to have to hustle for a buck, and, you know. The old joke, um, you know, we win, we're eating steak, we lose, we're eating hot dogs for dinner. You know, those days in NASCAR are long gone, but it used to be the, the top contenders. That's kind of how their day went, you know. Um, they were racing from race to race just to, to make a buck and to, to grind out a nice living. Now these guys make more money than they know what to do with after 10 years. So it, it becomes a case where down the road they they look and they say oh my goodness that road isn't quite as appealing i mean you know how it is uh steve you used to do a lot more races uh you know on the road as well when you when things allowed schedules allowed um you know i used to do 25 to 30 weeks a year when i was calling races on race talk radio back in the day and you know if somebody came to me tomorrow and said hey we we want to pay you to do that. I'm like, I don't want to travel that much anymore. You know, it, it does get old with time after, after a while. And, you know, but these guys still have that expertise and they, you know, running a team is sort of like being a coach of a football team. And what happens with a lot of the good coaches, they move up to the front office as well. And I think we're starting to see that trend more in NASCAR. We'll, we'll be taking a break here in just a moment. Real quick, though, that when you mentioned about eating steaks or hot dogs, it reminded me of a story a gentleman told me down in Indianapolis where they went to, a, a, I think it was a, a sprint car race, and they were they were pretty much out of money. They all they all got their coins together, and I think they had like a you know a dollar thirty or something. This is like about 1960, 61, and they put pulled their money together, and 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 the wife went to the front of front grandstands to, to buy lunch so they could get something to eat she came back with like four four bottles of coke and a bit one of those big huge bags of popcorn that's all they could afford luckily they went out <laughs> won the feature and they were able to uh you know go to a restaurant that night but you know i mean it was tight back then and you know you didn't have credit cards or whatnot or you know atm cards so it was whatever they could uh money they could cobble together so you know, people joke, oh, you know, hot dogs are only, you know, 35 cents or that. But, you know, if you only have, you know, 50 cents in your pocket, that, you know, it, it kind of evens out. So, all right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk more NASCAR with Dennis Michelson coming up next on the Final Inspection Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobsonda. Talking with Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And uh, Dennis, uh, so here we are at the, I guess this is uh, the round of 12, the final race in round of 12, and looking at the playoff bubble 
we're looking at after Talladega, uh, we have the guys that are kind of in the danger zone. We have Alex Bowman, who's up by 22 points. Uh, Joey Logano up by 21. And then those currently below the cut line are Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, Clint Boyer, and Eric Amarola. So if you're a betting guy of those six, who are the two you want to take? Boy, I'm, I would uh, not go against the guys that are on the inside looking out because this is going to be a crazy race. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to go with a sentimental pick, and I'm going to say Boyer is going to pull off the win and you're in upset at the Roval and just stun everybody. That guy can run pretty good at a road course, and this isn't quite a road course, but it's that kind of a unique thing. And, you know, he's been running good, just hasn't been able to finish the deal uh, most of the year. Uh, in fact, he's kind of cost himself some chances to win. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna pick Bill Clant to, to catch the upset here, uh, you know, since he's in the news here with stepping down. Well, you, I'm sure, obviously you can't see him, but Steve just started crying because he was hoping <laughs> that you would say Joey Logano was going to get knocked out of the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, Steve, oh, like Logano's getting knocked out. Logano's getting knocked out. I'll take Boyer and 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 Bowman and Bowman the Showman to be the last two making it in. Okay. okay, I would love to see Boyer win and move on in the playoffs. I don't see that happening. I think that the uh, four drivers that you just named below the cut line are going to be the four that get eliminated. And uh, while it's not Joey Logano, and I can't do my uh my party victory dance for him getting knocked out of the championship i can with kyle bush so it's you know 50 hey, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of people mad at joey logano right now so there's a lot of people that would love to take him out and uh have him miss the playoffs and one of them might even be kyle bush so if you see kyle bush get off to a bad start and it looks like it's going to be a long day. I wouldn't be surprised to see him dump uh, uh, Joey Locano. You know, there's I I want to see a little bad blood. I want to see a fight. I want to see uh, something exciting. Let's let's get away from this. Everybody loves everybody uh, routine, and uh, let's see some shake and bake craziness, man. Let's uh, let's see him put put somebody put somebody into the wall. Let's have some fireworks on the last race here of an elimination battle. Let's see these guys actually show that they care about winning a championship. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be great. But uh, quick fact, Kyle Busch has not finished in the top 30 in any of uh, either of the Roval races that have ran before or in the one road course race that ran uh, this year. So I do not see Kyle Busch moving on to the next round of the playoffs. No, yeah, I nor, it, nor do I, but as he's getting passed, he's, he's getting lapped by Logano. What a great opportunity to take him and pull him around, man. Well, speaking of opportunity, I totally agree with you, Dennis. I think if there's a, if there's a way uh, that you can dump a Logano, it is certainly at this track, and uh, lots of opportunities to just kind of get into that left rear a little bit or even the right rear going the other way and uh, dumping them and sending them to the back. So it'll be interesting to see. I think you're going to see a lot of payback at this race today for past sins, uh, especially after last week at Talladega. So, and uh, this is where, you know, where we see, you know, how you drive throughout the year. And if, if drivers give you a break and, you know, I guess case of point, the biggest one was a few years ago with Kenseth at Martinsville with Logano, you know, I mean, if, if they NASCAR has said we're going to let the drivers police themselves, and I tell you, if, if there's a guy, if, if I'm driving and Logano's in front of me, I'm taking him out. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you're Kyle Busch, you can't take out Logano because he put his foot in his mouth a couple days, you know, or a couple weeks ago when he said, you know, we're going to be out the round anyway. We're running so terrible. Uh, and we'll be eliminated in the next round of the playoffs. He caught a lot of flack from that from Joe Gibbs, to which he was asked a question in a press conference a day or two ago. And, you know, he looked at, uh, 
I was Claire B. Lang who asked him and he looked at her and he said, you know, really, you know that I care and all this right. and uh, that I end up saying a lot of stupid crap. And, you know, obviously that's true. I don't think that he can sit there and because he made those mistakes uh, saying that he was going to get eliminated this round and all that a few weeks ago, I don't think he can go head hunting, but I sure would love to see it. Yeah. And thank God we don't have to hear how marriage and having a kid has matured Kyle Busch and settled him down. At least we haven't heard that narrative for a while again. Rowdy being rowdy, you got to love it. (laughs) Dennis, thank you so much for taking time out. I tell you what, let's get your prediction for the Xfinity and the Cup race at the Roval at Charlotte this weekend, please. Oh boy, Xfinity race! I'm gonna go with uh, with with the uh, with the oh man, the guy in the seven car. God, why am I having a, a brain crack? Allgaier. Allgaier. That's who I'm talking about. My goodness, I'm telling you, I just I turned sixty last week and I've turned senile today. And uh, on the cup side, I'm taking Miss Clint Boyer. I'm going for the upset, man. I'm I'm gonna call my uh, bookie in Vegas and I'm gonna make some money on this one, man. Ten bucks on him. I think he's like thirty-five or forty to one. If he wins, you got to post a video of chugging some of his old sponsor, Jack Daniels, and send that out. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> I can do that. Oh boy, Dennis! I don't know about that. I like the Justin Allgaier, who is very actually very underrated as a road course driver. So you wouldn't think it with his background, uh, but yeah, he, he's that, that's actually a good pick. I like that one. All right, that's, let's take a quick break that's, here. That's, that's, <laughs> we that's certainly smart pick of the day. I, I think it is a smart. It's a lot smarter than that fourteen car, which is I think going nowhere. <laughs> that's just me. All right. Dennis, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. That was Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. We got a full show coming up, another hour coming up. Jeff and I will be back uh, for the next break, after this break, and we'll talk uh, some IndyCar and just kind of mop up the rest of the NASCAR news that we may have picked. We also have Ed Pine from RacingNation.com getting us caught up in the world of uh, IMSA. Yes, we have IMSA racing at the Roval after the Xfinity race today uh, in Charlotte uh, tonight uh, racing. So we'll talk about that. Of course, F1 uh, in Germany this weekend. And then we have Guy Hobbs reporting live from Road America. America, you know, we have one of the biggest motorsports events of the year occurring right now this weekend up at Road America. Yes, it's the SCCA runoffs again back at Road America. So we'll talk to Guy Hobbs at the end of the next hour coming up on the Final Inspection Show after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.